Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Hey friends, and welcome to the happy hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Hey friends, my guest for today is my friend, Rachel Cruz. In fact, Rachel is an OG happy hour guest and it's so great to have her back on the show today. Rachel has written some best-selling books. She's a financial expert and she's host of the Rachel Cruz Show, which is part of the Ramsey Solutions team. In fact, I went out to Nashville this fall and was on her show on YouTube. You have to go find it. We had so much fun and I got to tour Ramsey Solutions and it was so much fun hanging out with Rachel. You're going to love her on the show today. Today, we talk about the gifts that we found in 2020. We talked about how our marriages were impacted and what it's looking like on the other side of that. Rachel shares about her new book, Know Yourself, Know Your Money. Discover why you handle money the way you do and what to do. The conversation around money, it can be scary and it can be stressful. But Rachel and I talk about not the how of money, but the why of how we handle money. It is such a great conversation, no matter what age you are listening today. And then at the end, we had a really fun, interesting conversation about conspiracy theories. If you're into those things, you're going to love it. If you're not, you're going to crack up at us. Guys, before we get to my conversation with Rachel, I want to remind you of something. I want to encourage you to do something. I've been telling you this forever, and I cannot tell you enough. I would love for you to go subscribe to my YouTube channel. It is so fun. If you love the podcast, The Happy Hour, you're going to love what we do over there on a video format on the YouTube. We have great family videos, including, if you missed it last year, our Quarantine with the Ivy series was a lot of fun. There was cooking, there was head shaving, there were games outside, there were interviews, it was great. Story and I, our favorite thing that we've done on YouTube is we put up our carpool karaoke. Maybe we can't call it carpool karaoke because someone else does that, but ours was like a minivan karaoke, how's that? There's also video clips from your favorite happy hour guests, but something exciting, something big is coming to YouTube and you do not want to miss it. It's super easy, my friends. Go to youtube.com slash Jamie Ivy and hit subscribe. While you're there, check out Rachel Cruz's page because she's got tons of shows that you're going to like and you're going to even find me on one of her shows. All right, friends, go subscribe to YouTube as soon as you're done listening. Until then, enjoy my conversation with my friend, Rachel Cruz. Rachel, welcome back to the happy hour. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for having me back on. You were happy hour 122 and now we're in late 300s. So... (sighs) Welcome back. I remember being on the first one. I remember the first time I was on with you. So you would have had two kids. Yep, I would have had two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now I got three. Now you got three. Time does fly. I mean, I was looking at something today and I was trying to remember when I did something. And I don't know if you're like this, but I think of like, what year was that vacation? When did we live in that house? You know, you have those, when did I drive that minivan? And that helps you figure things out. And I remember thinking, that was so long ago and it felt like it just flew by. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I think that with kids, too. Like, if I don't see a friend that's out of town for, like, a year, I'm like, oh, no, it's only been a few months since I've seen them. I'm like, no, it's been a full 12 months, and their tiny child is now walking. You know what it's I mean? And you're like, so what is happening? It's so yes, crazy. yes. But yet we feel like it's all crazy. Yeah, everything around us gets older. We don't. We're getting no. younger by the no, year, Rachel. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we get the opposite effect. We do. Well, welcome back to the happy hour. From That was years ago. And I actually got to see you this fall and come to... Ramsey Solutions, I got to come to the building, walk around. It was so much fun and join you on your show. It was just a blast. I was so glad. I know. It's so fun when I, number one, get to see people in person, not through a screen. But also that we have so many overlap of people that listen to you, that watch my show, all of it. So it was so fun just hearing everyone be like, oh my gosh, Jamie, Ivy, you're having her on. They love you. They love you. It was so fun. Oh, great. Well, okay. We're in 2021 which I don't know when we're going to stop saying 2020 was just the work, right? Like, is that just, we're going to, I told my kids recently, well, no, I told my kids right when quarantine happened. So March of last year, I told them, I was like, guys, listen, I know you don't get this, but when you're like a grandpa, your grandkids are going to say to you, so you were in school when COVID-19 and the global (laughs) pandemic, they're like, really? I'm like, Yes. You have to do a project about what life was like yes, when the world stopped turning. When you are in a textbook and you remember <laughs> things that like, that's a big deal. And that is exactly, oh, a it's big, just big crazy. deal. A big it's deal. It's been crazy. Well, it's 2021. And so we're here for a new year and all the things. And you have a new book coming out this month. Actually, it's called Know Yourself, Know Your Money. Discover why you handle money the way you do and what to do about it. Comes out early this month. And here's what I want to talk about your book and all the things. But I also want to, as two women who have kids, work, do quote unquote all the things, even though that's a lie, we don't do all of the things. But when you like, we're starting a new year. I bet you do make goals, Rachel. You're a goal maker. Okay, so we're starting a new year. What do you want to be different in 2021 versus 2020? And listen, the list is long because it was a rough year, okay? (laughs) (laughs) But in spite of all that we went through. maybe would be good for my liver if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. So really, what are you looking forward to? It's a new year and it's, you know, it's the beginning. So many people look forward when that new year turns over. What does that look like for you at your house? For me, I think 2020 felt so out of control in so many ways. Things that we just couldn't control, literally. And God reminded us of that. And I think I actually mentioned this to you when we were together last fall. But around January, February of 2020, before, I mean, yeah, COVID-19 is like in China at that point. Like it had not made its way across the ocean to America yet. I was had this story. I had just had my third baby. And as a mom, my desire for being a mom, like just like exploded in my heart. And I always have loved my kids, obviously, but I've loved my job and going to work was never like a sad thing for me. I always wanted to do it. And I got to a point where I was like, I just want to be home more. And so I made that decision like, late January, February. And then God like basically gave me being at home for like (laughs) a season because of it, which was so great. And I loved it. And then launching the book now, the tail end of 2020 was just crazy with working more than I anticipated. But I knew I had a book to launch and I wanted to get the message out because I believe in this book and what's in it so much. It's going to help so many people. So I wanted to do all that. But all that to say, 2021, I want to be really intentional about my time home with the kids when that occurs, when that happens, and have boundaries of saying no to other things, even friend things. Like, I'm such a social person, so I want to say yes to it all. And I'm like, no, I really want to make space for my family this year more than ever, specifically my kids. It's so good. You know, I think that one of the things I think a lot when I look back on 2020 is it was the year that we had to pivot. Like, everybody had to pivot. I mean, so many people lost jobs. So many people lost loved ones. I mean, it's a tragic year in and of itself. And so people pivoted in their businesses, in their family, all the things. And I love hearing 
this pivot that you made pre-COVID and then God's like, I'm gonna give you lots of time at home with your kids, you know? I look back for me and I think I like control a lot. I like for things to go like they're supposed to go. And that's always been a struggle of mine. And like, I can hold on to my marriage and my kids so tightly because I'm like, I'll just make sure you turn out okay, kids. And so I like that control. And then this last year, everything was just out of control. And it really was, I spent a lot of the summer and the early quarantine months really just having to go like, God, I have to like, just give you everything. Like I have to lay it down. And it also like caused Aaron and I to, we had probably the hardest season of our marriage in COVID. And also on the flip side of that, our marriage is deeper because of that hard season. So I look back and I'm just like, man, God, you took something so difficult in my personal life and everyone has their own journey and story. And then you brought some kind of goodness on it on the other side. It's crazy. Oh yeah, it is. Oh yeah. Winston and I, we kind of walked through our hard marriage season, like in late 19, we went through some stuff. We went back to counseling and like dug all this stuff out. We were like, how did we get in the habit of half this stuff? Like, oh my gosh. But really I'm like, yeah, and it was so difficult, but it's such, I mean, it's like classic God, right? Where he takes the hard, ends up being so much better. So even coming into quarantine, we both laughed because I was like, what if all this was happening during quarantine? That was you and Aaron. But for us, I was like, I'll tell you, it's not fun. Anyway, yeah, it was so, <laughs> but it was just, it's so wild. But that level of depth, living at that level where I'm like, you know what? We're pushing into the hard. We're pushing into the messiness, the ucky stuff that like, oh, you just hate about yourself. You don't like about the marriage, all of it. And when you pinpoint it, you see it, you heal from it, you grow from it. It's just that level of depth that I'm like, I just don't think, I don't know, but I don't think everyone lives there. And yeah. it's a hard place to live sometimes, but it is so worth it. Like the intimacy that comes with that. And the same with your kids, right? When you go through a hard parenting season, it's the same kind of thing. You have more experience with older children than I do. I've only had five years with Amelia, the oldest, <laughs> but it's all of it. But it's such a cool thing that God kind of brings you back down, right? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, here. Okay, so this is totally off the subject of what I planned on talking with you about, what we're talking about marriage. And so it just makes me think, how long have you and Winston been married? 11 years. Congratulations. Thank you. You're probably 10 and 19 will go down so far as our hardest. Like we're still in 19. So we're good now. But I mean, I'm telling you, COVID has been hard. But here's what I want to ask you. Okay, so you've been married for 11 years. What has been the most unexpected thing about marriage for you? Like maybe you had this idea or someone had told you something and now you're 11 years in and you're like, either A, it's not like you said, or B, it's more than whatever. What is it for you? Gosh, the most unexpected thing about marriage is a little bit what we just talked about, but I'm like, there's just a level of love that I have for Winston that goes so much beyond like the butterflies and the, oh, I like him. And like, oh, when he walks past me, I'm like, oh, he's so odd. Like, you know what I mean? Like all (laughs) the things you felt like. And my fear always was like, when that goes away, because everyone says the butterflies go away, are we going to be okay? And there's just a level of appreciation I have for him that runs so much deeper than all of that. I love that. It's so much deeper than all of that. And and it's hard to get to that depth and like, oh, to yeah. live there. It's uh-huh. like, it can be hard sometimes. I would say that. And I think being known, I've learned this over the past few years, I didn't realize how scary that was for me. Like when I heard vulnerability and all of that, like there was a level I think we lived of like, oh yeah, we're happy, we're good. Like, oh. And then you start to like push into the hard and to be known, it's, very vulnerable because he's like the one person in my life that knows it all. And I know all all about him. And so that's been interesting for me to learn over, especially the past probably five years. I'm like, wow, being known is scary, but it is so good. And like, we want it so bad. Like that's what we desire on the inside is to be known. And yet getting there can be hard. It's funny. I think back to 
when we got married and I kind of giggle and laugh at the love that I thought I had for Aaron is like a joke now. And it was real and it was all I could do and it was all I could muster up. And it was the highest amount of love I could possibly give him in 2001. But I look back now and I'm like, I had no idea how much I could love someone. And also like, I have a girlfriend who said, we're now having a marriage episode, but I had a girlfriend who told me one time, she's like, Jamie, I thought I would get married and never get hurt again. Like that would be like, I'm done getting hurt by a boy. Mm, And she's like, I've been hurt more and deeper. And I always say like the highs are so high and so good in marriage and the lows can feel so low because there's so much at stake and the vulnerability is so big. And so- That's so good. Yeah, I remember it was like probably, I think it was like the first year of our marriage and a lot of my friends were getting married. We were right out of college. So everyone's like doing their thing. And in the Christian space at the time, like egalitarian versus complementarian, uh-huh. it was like the big words that were thrown around in my friend group of like roles and yeah. all of this. And I was just like, I don't know what I believe, what I do. And we're having dinner with my parents. And I was like panicking because I was like, oh my gosh, are you guys egalitarian or complementarian? <laughs> like what's right? What's wrong? Yeah. And I remember dad was like, oh, Rachel. And I remember he looked at me and he gave me the best piece of marriage advice I think I may have ever had. I don't know why it stuck with me. He goes, Rachel, just serve each other. Mm. Just serve each other. And I think in marriage, I've realized how selfish I am and how much I don't want to serve at times. Mm. Emotionally, I mean, all of it, right? Like All of it. And so Winston is like, he brings that out of me too. Like there's a level of service that he gives me on all the levels in so many ways, so many ways that I'm like, man, when we're in that rhythm where we're just serving each other, again, every aspect of marriage, like there's just something beautiful about it. And it's not always the case. We all know that it's not always the case, but yeah. I love Rachel and Winston Cruz. Look at this. (laughs) And we always sit over here like who can outserve the other? Like that's what we could do. So great advice. Yes, yes, yes. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Okay. So speaking of like being vulnerable and growing up, this new book that you have out is about why we do the things we do with our money. And so like I've even, when I was thinking about talking to you today, I was like, Aaron and I both, it's interesting because we're both spenders. 
Like, yeah, there's, you no, told me that. <laughs> there's no one over here saying we should slow down. <laughs> and usually in a marriage, I would assume sometimes there's one or the other or they're yeah. both savers, but both spenders. Let me tell you, it's okay now, but let me tell you, when we were newlywed, Rachel, and we did not make hardly any money and we're spenders. Like the reason I don't pay our bills anymore and Aaron Ivy does is because it would be to me, it's like between paying the electric bill or going out to dinner. Let's go out to dinner. Like, yeah, we'll be fine. The bill can wait. They'll be here next month. But like, we can't pass up a time out to eat. And so, but I was thinking, and I don't have an answer yet because I haven't thought about much, is like, where did that come from in us? And I imagine that's some of the things you're talking about. So where did this come from and what is this book about? Yeah, so this book came out of some of my journey over the past few years of really understanding myself at like this whole new level. So through counseling, the Enneagram I've loved or personality tests, I've read the birth order book, you know, as a middle child, I'm like, how did this shape me? So I really kind of just dug into all of that. And I think out of it, I learned so much about myself. And in turn, just because of that awareness became healthier emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I think I was a better wife, a better mom, a better friend, a better team member at work. I mean, just all of it. And so through that journey, I remember thinking, okay, what about my money? Like, can I put these same Mm. questions and these same aha moments to my money? And the moment I started doing that, it was like this black hole of like (laughs) content and stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much here because for a decade now, I've been talking to people about the how-tos of money, how to budget, how to save, how to get out of debt, how to invest, how to refinance, how to build wealth, how to give, how, 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 how. And I never really was asking why. Mm. And I say all the time, I've said it a bazillion times on stages all across America, that personal finance is 80% behavior. It's only 20% head knowledge. So you can understand what to do. It's really easy to understand it, but to do it and to put it into practice is really hard because it's us we're dealing with, the person in the mirror. And I thought, okay, I have to dig into this 80% of our behavior. Why do we have these behaviors? Why do we do the things we do? And so this book really is unpacking that from your childhood to your money tendencies, your money fears, uh, the level of grace you have with yourself and others when money mistakes happen. I mean, all of it just really digging into that. And I never have gone down this road. And so when it did, I was like, this has to be my next book because it's just given me this new level of, I mean, control, I feel like can be a bad word, but what you can control is a good thing, right? That Mm -hmm. you need to be wise and steward it. And so it helps you on this money journey. I think get out of debt faster and permanently. I think you can partner with your spouse more effectively. There's a lot of things when you understand why you do the things you do. Okay, so let's unpack that a little bit. Tell me some of the why as to what people might do. I mean, as you're talking, I'm like, okay, I don't like to be told what to do. And so, (laughs) surprise, (laughs) I don't like to be told what to do. And so sometimes I would feel like if Aaron and I were to have a discussion about money and maybe he felt something and I didn't feel something, I'm bringing to the table this idea of like, you actually can't tell me what I can spend. You know, that kind of idea. And that's not healthy or okay in a marriage or in spending. But is that kind of what you're talking about is that we bring things to the table that affect the way we look at money and maybe we might not have thought of it that way? Okay, so tell me a little bit more about that. Absolutely, yeah. From anxiety, from the way we communicate, from the level of emotion that's attached to money? Oh, is there past mistakes that still bring up some guilt and shame? Your money tendencies? I mean, so much of like, are you a natural spender or saver? Do you value spending money on experiences or do you value spending money on things? And if you're married and it's opposite, like me and Winston, sometimes that can clash and it's not right or wrong, but it's like, okay, that's what you value instead. Your dreams and your goals. You know, it's funny people, when they talk about money goals, it's usually a tangible thing. Like I dream to have a beach house or I dream have this. And I'm like, okay, well, ask yourself why. Why do you want the beach house? Well, because I want to spend time with my family. Okay, that's great. Or I want to be away from regular life. I kind of want an escape. Okay, well then why are you escaping from? Like you can start just drilling down even your money goals and money 
many dreams. And so getting to that heart of that, I think is what's crucial. So it's all of that combined. Like we're obviously complex people, but it's all of that. And so part of it too, it's your upbringing. Part of it is just your personality and just your natural tendency. Part of it is coping. Part of it is the motivation of why you spend, save, and give. I mean, it's a lot. Okay, so... It's 2021, and I know that a lot of people this time of year make goals. A lot of people join a gym. I mean, yep. a lot of people start listening to podcasts. Like, oh, I have so many new listeners in January. A lot of people are just like, I'm going to do something new. Do you guys see that in your world too with money? Oh, 100%. What is the new thing in January? It's kind of like the self-help space okay. everywhere, I think, spiritually, physically with like, yeah, what you're saying, diets, all of that. Yeah. Start, people do that. People, the money. Oh yeah, the biggest things are I'm gonna save more and I'm gonna get out of debt. It's the two okay. biggest money resolutions. It's not like I'm gonna make more money. It's usually like I'm gonna get out of debt and save more. Yes, those are usually the top two. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, because I know that like you- It may be making more leaf. money for 21 though. Because <laughs> I feel like all of us in 2020 were like, oh Lord, yeah. okay, yeah. what is happening? So Which that I feel change. like with money in 2020, I mean, the complexity of what happened in our country is like so many people lost jobs. Yep. But then also, Rachel, so many people's jobs were booming. Yes. I never lost my job. And so I'm so thankful for that. And it feels weird. And it's a tension that you have to live in to know that so many people did. And so I think money in 2020, you can speak more into this, but I feel like it was just this, what's happening in the world. It felt kind of weird. Yeah, because there wasn't this overarching, like in 08, when the recession hit, I feel like everyone felt very similar pain. But I think the overarching thing I felt with money was fear. Okay, People had the fear of, literal, tactical, I can't pay my bills because I was furloughed or I was Mm -hmm. laid off. And so many industries just crumbled. They did. And obviously millions of people lost their jobs. So there was a tangible fear of like, I cannot pay my bills if I do not get an unemployment check or I don't find new income. And there was the fear of the people, the millions of people that kept their job, like you're saying, that they didn't lose their job. But so many people froze and were completely paralyzed and stopped doing anything because they were that freaked out or made bad financial mistakes. They pulled out, their, you know, they, they cashed out their 401k yeah. and had penalties and fees because of it. Like they made poor decisions because it was just fear. So that fear was huge, whether it was logical or illogical, it was there. And I remember even, you know, it was probably April, early April. Winston and I, we've been doing this for a decade. So we're out of debt. We have money in the bank, like financially on paper, we're good. We've been doing it for 10 years. But I even told Winston probably like two different nights. I was like, babe, are we going to be okay? Like, what is going to happen? Like, there was fear, no matter what you had. I think everyone experienced it at some level. So again, whether it was rational or irrational, that drove a lot of people's money decisions. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that that same emotion would have played out on two different extreme levels, which is why I think money is such a hard conversation. I mean, we were talking about marriage earlier, and I think it's like, people are always like, you got to talk about money before you get married. And I think that you still keep having those conversations throughout your marriage, and you should, for sure. But it can feel such a scary thing to talk about. What I'm hearing you say is what, to me, I think knowing a little bit more about why I would do something, to me, I think it would give me confidence. Is that what you're seeing? in this kind of project that you worked on as well? Yes, for sure. Because some of it is moral and some of it is doesn't have a moral compass. So for instance, I know why I enjoy spending on experiences because it's what I value over something else. I know that I enjoy having 18 different pairs of earrings versus one nice pair. I like quantity over quality. Like, like I know these things about myself and those are not right or wrong. So those are good just to know and say, okay, Winston values something different and That's why sometimes we get tension here in the budget area. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, now I can just appreciate that about him, have empathy. But then there are the things that I'm like, ooh, that's convicting. Like 
when I wrote the spending, I, toward the end of the book, I talk about why we give, why we give, why we save, why we save, and why we spend what we spend. And the spending one for me, because I'm a spender as well. I mean, I was already typing it out and I thought, God, oh, this is so to me. Like I'm writing it, but I have to be reminded, like, I mean, why I spend it even during the pandemic. I'm like, I was on oh. Amazon so much. And I remember asking myself, Rachel, why? And I'm like, because I'm bored. Mm-hmm. I'm so bored right now. I have nothing else to do. Nothing else is exciting. It's scary out there. I just want to go look at new earrings on Amazon and I want to purchase it. I'm like, okay, well, you're doing it out of fear or you're doing it out of boredom. Why don't you want to be bored? And I'm like, because why are you avoiding being bored? And I'm like, because I don't want to just sit here by myself with my thoughts. Like I would rather just be doing something, right? Like, I mean, it gets down to it. And then one thing I wrote about in the book with comparison spending is I've had to learn in myself to ask the question, okay, if no one sees this purchase, do I still want it? Oh, that's good. Oh, so I, and convicting to me because I'm like, geez, Rachel, like half the time I buy shoes, I'm like, these are cute shoes. And I don't like <laughs> I my cute shoes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And other times I'm like, no, I want these pair of shoes or whatever. So yeah, I mean, that has a moral case to it oh because gosh, I'm yeah. fulfilling myself or coping by spending. And that yeah. is like, I'm raising my hand. I mean, that's yeah. me. It's me. It's you know, terrible. it's funny when you said, would I still want this if no one can see it? We started a remodel in our house, like, So March 1st, and we all know what happened in March, okay? So we had no idea what was about to happen. We started a remodel. And so it's the first time we've ever like spent money and remodeled anything in our home. I mean, we've remodeled, but we're like, we're going to give ourselves a bedroom we've always wanted after 19 years. So we were all in. It's funny because you said, would I still want this if no one can see it? I don't like to pick out things. Like if someone is telling me, go to the store and pick out handles for your new cabinet, I'm like, I can't. My brain literally can't do it. Give me three options and we're good. Do not give me 78. So- I let Aaron pick out most of the things. He loves it. He's good at it. I trust him, all the things. So we have a light fixture, Rachel, in our bathroom, in our toilet room, that the only people that ever go in there are him and I. But it was like handcrafted in Marfa. (laughs) And it costs more than maybe some other things. And I just die laughing at that because I'm like, we were just picking things out. And had we known that that was going to be in the toilet room where only him and I would go, it's just kind of funny. I'm like, oh. oh. Winston and I, we built a house that we moved in last year. And I'm like, literally, as you're saying, I'm like, oh my gosh, Aaron is Winston and I am you. Because he Winston's so good. He's creative. He's, I mean, he sees things and he did. He picked out so much of our stuff. So I was like, sure. I, yeah, I trust you. I do because he like has great taste. And I'm like, yeah. yes. Anyways, the, the light fixtures, literally, I'm, I'm cracking up at this. The second most expensive light fixture of our entire house is in our three-year-old's room. That Take is that in for a second. It was the most beautiful. It was like these flower crystals, pink. Uh-huh. It matched her wall. I mean, it is the most beautiful thing ever. And I was like, this would go in Caroline's room. And then they itemized out because we had our lighting budget. And they yeah. itemized every lighting fixture of the house. And Winston was like, no. He's like, I refuse <laughs> to pay for the second most expensive fixture in the house. To be in Caroline's room, I was like, we have to do it though. It's just so beautiful. I know, so funny. So if we show up at your house, we need to go to your daughter's room. And if you show up at my house, just use my restroom and look up at the light. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. 
Okay, I want to ask you something that I know about you and I'm dying to hear. I would have never guessed this about you. First, let me say that. I'm making you nervous, but I would never guess this about you. But I heard that you're into conspiracy theories. (gasps) Oh, Jamie. Like you're into them as in like you read about them, you watch the specials. Like tell me how much you're in. Okay, I was in conspiracies before conspiracies were like the thing that's talked about all the time right now. Okay. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've been in for probably five or six years. Tell me the one that you are most intrigued about? Oh, intrigued? I don't know how conspiracy theories work. Like if someone likes them, okay, does so that mean I they believe like old them? I school conspiracy theories. So like, listeners, don't judge me. My family and my husband right now is cringing if they're, <laughs> if they're listening to this. Like man on the moon, okay? Oh, we've had this discussion at our house. Don't think it happens when it happens. I think it's happened. I don't think, because it was during the Cold War, Russia, we were all in a, I don't know. I'm just like, you know what? I don't know. So do you think it was staged in a Hollywood studio? I mean, I think something else was going on. Uh Uh-huh, I do. Uh, JFK. Oh, yeah. Total CIA inside job. Oh, yeah. All of that. I love this about you, Rachel. I did not know this. I have stood in the textbook depository in Dallas. And my family, they're gun people. Winston's uh-huh. a hunter, all that. Even Winston, like, looked at them and he was like, that, you would have to be a good shot to hit. Like, that's hard. Because you can see. And I'm like, because it, it didn't happen. No. <laughs> it didn't happen there. This is the best. So know, who do so you bad. think shot JFK? Well, there's mob type. But um, not from that window that we've all been told. Here's the thing about me with conspiracy theories. Number one. I think that they say that sixes sometimes are have trouble with authority, right? Like, or, okay, or, yes, and then once yeah. we find authority, we're in, you know? Got it. All of these things about conspiracy theories, I'm like, this is funny. I literally, this is not a slam on you, Rachel. I literally am like, I don't have space in my brain to think about this. Yeah. You do. I should spend my time <laughs> doing other things. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I just had a revelation. Maybe I don't want to give the time to this because I don't want to be afraid. Does that make sense? Oh, no. I was like, yeah, no, it's good. So I would rather like, I don't want to step into something that's going to cause me to be fear because I'm like a worst case scenario. So like, if you're telling me this, then Mm -hmm. what can I believe in life? Like, I know, I know. If JFK was not killed by... No, he's killed by the CIA or the mob. Okay, so then who can I trust, Rachel? (laughs) The funniest one is the Denver airport. So there's a whole thing about the Denver airport because it costs like... Literally, I think it ended up being like $2 billion, something absolutely insane to build an airport. Denver had a full functioning airport at the time, close to downtown Denver. Now the Denver airport, if you've flown to Denver airport in a while, it's like 45 minutes outside yeah, the city. Yeah, I don't and think it's a train. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, it's huge. And so one of the conspiracy theories is that the New World Order, which is not like the Illuminati, that's like, like there's all these underground bunkers and that there's going to be like this mass genocide and that's where all the New World Order is going to like survive. So like Queen of England's, like all the people, okay? So I watched this whole documentary on YouTube about it. And I'm like, man, could it be? I don't know, maybe. And I was telling my parents about it. And I remember my dad was like, Rachel, this is the stupidest thing ever. The Denver airport has, does not have bunkers in it. And I was like, because you're part of the New Order, Dad. <laughs> so I think Dave Ramsey is Dave in on Ramsey some, something here. And I told in. him to save me a bunker. I was like, remember well, I was gonna me? Say, if Dave Ramsey's in, you better be in, Rachel. You gotta I, have a spot for so. you and Winston and your kids. That's what I gotta say about that. No. See, stuff like that, I literally think... I can't step into it because it stresses me out. Now, you like to read all these, but you're not saying you buy into all of them. No, not all of them. But some of them just make sense to me. Then I'm like, sure, why not? What's the craziest one that you're like, okay, guys, listen, seriously, the bunkers in Denver? I mean, flat earth is hard for me. I don't even know what you mean when you say that. Like, people say the earth is flat? Yes. Oh, J- oh yeah, there's a whole thing that NASA's covered How up. How could the stuff. earth be flat if when we fly around it? 
No, you watch the documentary. I don't believe it. I, I obviously don't believe it. This is the best. They have all their stuff. Okay, Rachel, I'm going to end with how I always end, which is what are you loving? What are you reading? What is bringing you fun and excitement right now in your life? Oh, man. What am I reading? Okay, so I'm a big fiction book. I love, and I love thrillers. Ooh, so okay. I have a bunch of like thriller books that I've read. I actually had eye surgery, uh, kind of like LASIK uh, a few months ago. So I bought all these books on tape because it took about two weeks to heal the surgery. Okay. So I couldn't like really see anything. So I just like listened to a ton of books, which was great. But yeah, I love thrillers. But my all-time favorite of like one that I actually use that's good for my soul, Voice of the Heart by Chip yeah. Dodd. I love that love book that. so much. Yeah. So yeah. that's been one that, yeah, that I love Did you have to lay in bed for two weeks? Well, that, no. I okay. laid in bed for like four days, had, four days, okay. but it had to be dark and all this, yeah. It was four days of like being in bed, but my eyes didn't officially heal for like two to three weeks, well, but I could good. still like move around. Okay. So what do you like to watch on TV? Do you and Winston watch TV a lot together? We don't as much anymore, yeah. but no, I, okay. Your listeners are going to be like, this girl is not credible. I don't know <laughs> why she speaks about finances because I'm like conspiracy theories. And I do love, I love some reality TV, Jamie. Oh yes. What do you love? I love The Bachelor. I've watched every season. You've for seen like every 12, season? Oh, yeah. Good for, like for you. 13 years. 13 years. I always yeah. say I have nothing against the Bachelor franchise. Like, I mean, it's kind of crazy I mean, you, and should. all the things. Like, there's I mean, elements of it. We all could. <laughs> when I'm about to tell you that I don't watch it, it's not because of any kind of morality. It's because there are so many hours to watch. I mean, it's like two hours on Monday and then an hour on Thursday. And then behind, I'm like, I can't even. Yeah. So it's on my DVR. And, okay. But when it gets to like the final rose stuff and the all women tell all, oh yeah, then it piles on the hours. And I'm like, you, I'm like, oof. And half of that stuff I'll fast forward. Yeah. And I like political shows too. So like House of Cards, that's an older one. But yeah. on Netflix, that mm-hmm. was a, I liked House of Cards. That was I crazy. like political And if that's stuff. real, we're all in trouble. Oh, yeah. But You're, Rachel's like, that's real. I don't know. Who knows what happens in DC? <laughs> we don't Who know. Who knows what's happening? Okay, Bachelor. I hear there's a new Bachelor starting in January. Matt. Do you like yes. him? Are you here for oh, this? Oh, yes. Well, yeah, he was Tyler Cameron, uh-huh. guy that was on, yes, The Bachelorette, okay. his okay. friend from Hannah B season. So, yeah, Okay, I'm wait, who's the new that. Bachelor? Yes, so that's him. Okay. And Matt, yeah, and he was friends with a guy Got it. named Tyler that was on Hannah Brown season. And Tyler okay. was like the really good looking one everyone like loved. Okay. Okay. And it's like his best friend. Okay. Oh, yeah. Lindsay, my great. friend and podcast guru, producer, she loves The Bachelor. So she was <gasps> okay. telling me about this. So I'm like, Lindsay, oh, I, yeah. I just acted like I knew what I was talking about. But she told me. I was going to say, you're impressive, you that. Jamie. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> Rachel, I'm so excited about your new book. I love our conversation today because it was like just two girlfriends catching up. Marriage, money, why we do the things we do. Did people walk on the moon when they said they did? Conspiracy theory, all the things. Have you seen the new documentary on Netflix called Challenger? Oh, about the spaceship. Yes. <gasps> That's not so really conspiracy, good. but it is saying, hey, there were some things that we didn't know about, right? Yeah, for That's sure. That's not conspiracy oh, yeah. theory, is it? Yes. No. Okay, no. okay. Kind of like what you said. I think there's maybe some things that, That yeah. was good. Oh, so, see, I love that stuff. I love history. I love government stuff. I mean, yeah. all of it. That's probably yeah. why I'm infatuated by like all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. We watched <laughs> it recently and I really enjoyed it's it. It's a great one. It's it a is a good one. one. Okay, thank you for coming on the happy hour and thank you for being you and helping us. Look, I'm thinking of all these things I wanted to tell you. When we had little kids, my oldest is 16, we did cash envelopes. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, so did that then. I saw recently on Instagram this wallet that you have. Oh, yeah. And it's for the cash system, right? Yes. I literally said to myself, had Rachel Cruz released this 
in 2003, I would have been a better steward of my money because I had all those dang envelopes everywhere. (laughs) I was cracking myself up. Like, I can't find my envelope. Where are we going to go out to dinner? And then I was the one that was like stealing from Paul to pay Peter and just moving money around. So I love your new wallet that you have. And if anyone does the cash system, you've got to get it. Yes. Oh, it's beautiful. I partner with Join. It's an incredible organization. I love them. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. And like literally you open the box of it and the leather Leather. smell is just like, it's so nice. Like they did the most amazing job. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I did not know you partnered with them. That makes me love it even more. They're so fantastic. So great. Yep. Love that. Well, we'll put a link in the show notes so everyone go check it out. Rachel Cruz, thank you, thank you, thank you. This was just like a perfect happy hour. So thank you for coming on. I'm so glad. Thanks for having me, Jamie. Friends, I want to take a small note to tell you that Rachel and I spent some time at the end of the episode talking about conspiracy theories. And while we were very lighthearted about it, I want to remind you that there are conspiracy theories right now that are very dangerous to our country and to our churches. And I want to encourage you to not let these theories rule your heart and your mind and your soul and to seek out what is truth from God's word. Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell and the whole thing is organized and put together by Lindsay Sweeney. Friends, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend. I'll be back with you on Friday with my new friend, Hannah Brencher. She's a new friend to me. I read her book. I loved it. You're going to love our show. See you back here on Friday. <laughs>